Welcome back, it's the podcast again. Hello, hello. We are plowing through the album and uh, coming towards very much the back end of it now. Yeah. Um, but we, we'd love to keep this going. We'd love to get any feedback from you guys if you want to hear more stuff. I think, we, um, I think we, got, we got a few little ideas as to you know how we can proceed post-album. But do let us know your thoughts, if you've been enjoying it, if, yeah. you'd, uh, if you'd like us to never do this again. Um, <laughs> An overwhelming <laughs> response to the latter. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, hate mail's also fine. Yeah. Um, to, be, yeah. to be honest, it's been really... like. Like, on an honest tip, it's been like a really, really fun thing to do. It's been quite nostalgic as well, like looking back on the process of putting the album together. Yeah. Something I'd never thought we'd be doing, actually. Um, but really glad we've, we've made it happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for all five of you out there listening to this, thank you very much. <laughs> thank and, you. Um, Same uh, as but yeah, this, this week we are talking about the Night Flight reprise and we've got a special guest coming on, um, Mr. Luke Bowman, the axe man of the band, um, legend, dear friend, colleague, man of many talents. Mm. Anyway, let's get him on for a chat. Yeah. Hey guys. Hey! Yo. <laughs> yes mate, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, how are you? Good, thank you very much. Oh, very well, very well. Yes, um, how's life with you, man? Yeah, it's all right, man. Back in London now, back at my flat. Um, I was staying out in the countryside for a while, but um, it's nice to be back in town. It's nice to see life coming back a little bit. Bit of hustle and bustle coming back in, yeah, right? Yeah, man. Just a bit of normality yeah. returning slowly. Slowly but surely, yeah. So sadly, still no sniff of a gig. No, it's going to be all yeah. hundred years, but um, yeah. Although we were saying earlier, the the kind of support package being put in place for the arts council has been that's good that's a start yeah. isn't it maybe we sure. you know everyone duct tapes a kind of shower curtain around them then we'll be able to do gigs again <laughs> that's not i've not thought of that before actually. no it's that's true it's a good point it's true not bad i guess i'm a ma- <laughs> I'm the I'm the Chris Whitty of the uh, music industry, <laughs> of Frank Moody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming up with inventions, though. James Dyson and Chris Whitty rolled into one. But yeah, Luke, thanks for coming on the podcast this oh, week. Thanks for having um, me again. We thought only right to have you on for this track because you know you remember the session where this came together. Where I do, man. That was a kind of a magical moment that I was there for, um, watching unfold. It was pretty cool. Bit of background for anyone listening about the Night Flight Reprise. So how I remember it is it was round about the time for our Village Underground show in London mm. which was uh, it's about an 800 cap venue and it's quite a big step up for us from the previous I think the gig before that was, was about 400 cap yeah that's right the Oslo on a snowy night so we had to I mean I guess it got to the point with the band where we wanted to start really thinking about putting on bit more of a show and some more peaks and troughs of the set you know rather than before up to that point it was very much like presenting the songs you know and playing them well but now we're sort of entering into longer set this time and you know we thought actually be a really good time to see if we could take it down for a Mm. moment in the set and really like change the energy in the room and um i I also sort of came at the same time as night flight and i think the idea was to kind of take the melody the oboe melody um in night flight and really and you know use that as a centerpiece to create some sort of this atmospherical kind of um you know transition period of the set mm-hmm. mm. um i suppose yeah man i remember you'd been talking to me for a couple of weeks when we'd seen each other about this idea you had in your head of this piece that was going to be it was going to fit into the set somewhere i think you'd been listening to talk talk and been very inspired by that 
um, mm, right, The yeah. Rainbow in particular, which is a song that yes, I didn't right. know until you kind of turned me on to that, and I've since become a huge Talk Talk fan. I mean, that, it's incredible, that incredible, isn't it? And also the album that came before that, The Colour of Spring. I just, I'm obsessed with that album at the moment. It wasn't that their big album? That was because, yeah. wasn't that the, because I, I think that did really, really well, and the record label gave them a whole bunch of money to go away and record the second album. And they went and just like delved into this. I mean, I can't remember, what was the name of the engineer? Some really famous engineer. Right. Phil Brown. Anyway, Phil Brown, Phil good Brown. memory. Wow, but then yeah, they went like really experimental with it. They recorded the whole album in the dark and in a church out. somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then they apparently they had this amazing like meeting, like bringing the record back to the label, and they were, all the label people were like, uh, what is yeah. this? What are we, we going <laughs> to do? Because uh-huh. I think they've been like pops, they've been kind of like chart yeah. smashes. I don't think that was their second album. I think they'd done a couple before that. that were yes, on, exactly. Oh, really? More okay. Yeah, and then they did that really experimental one, which is a masterpiece. I mean, it's beautiful. Which totally. is, and it's and it's you know much more legendary album. Yeah, yeah. Respects. I think it's, it's, it's since had the kind of critical acclaim that it deserves. But I think from the record label's point of view, they were like, uh, there aren't any singles Quite on funny. this album. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all just like eight minute yeah, long yeah. atmospheric wicked guitar noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think you've been very inspired by that, and I remember you telling me about this idea. And then one day, I was down at the studio with you, your old studio. Um, mm because you've obviously just moved into a new one and mm-hmm. I think we were about to head out to a gig somewhere or something and we were talking about this idea and you were like oh yeah it's going to have this arpeggiator thing at the start and you were like well why don't I just do it like we're here and you just kind of got this sound up on the Juno and just did this arpeggiator thing and recorded it in. <laughs> was a very kind of spur of the moment thing and that was that was it that was the take and that's the one that ended up on the record and it was kind of it was really cool for me seeing that element of your creative process and how making something which you know turned Mm. out to be a a really awesome piece of music and like you know quite an important part of the Frank Moody set can happen really spontaneously Mm. and it didn't have to be it obviously been bubbling up in your mind for a while but you just did it and put it out there and just got this thing down and then that became sure. the foundation of the song, and it was it was really cool to see that. Oh, that's wicked, man! Yeah, I remember it being really, really fun, and just that pass on the Juno, and that kind of just being the, the real the, the starting point, and to mm-hmm. in, you know to, to put that present the melody on top. So we had these two initial ideas, I suppose, this kind of bubbling mm. arp, which we wanted to, you know, this kind of weightless feeling, I suppose, um, mm. of like yeah. which is really in line with Night Flight, the kind of which Neddy we spoke about a lot, the overview effect. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, what a- the astronauts get when they're looking back at the earth from space and it's, it's the whole piece is in free sensation. time right there's no there's no rhythm to it so it's just floating yeah mm. sure sure so that was that was kind of the two core ideas and then i remember we just worked out how we were going to play the melody together so it's me on the oboe um ned you were holding down the chords the fundamental chord changes mm. with, mm. with the nice, doing that kind you know, of fast guitar strumming sounds. kind of spaghetti western kind of Ennio oh Marconi yeah thing. Very apt on the day, you know, rest his soul. Ennio Morricone. Yeah, I know. Sad yesterday. news yesterday. I know, sad news. It kind of feels what, quite what, apt. What an inning, so. Yeah, it feels quite apt talking about this now on, you know, so soon after his passing. So I know. Because I remember at the time when we when we were putting it all together, you were definitely talking about that as something you wanted to bring into the 
you know, the flavors of this piece of music. Mm. Definitely. I mean, he's one of the guys, I mean, here's some of the, the guitar sounds he used to score and then also the woodwind stuff. I mean, it's really it was kind of spot on for what we're trying to do, you know, the oboe mm. meets guitars and meets synthesizers. I mean, it's really is um, one of our biggest influences. Um, and what an innings he had as well, man. Yeah, like man. 500, 500 odd scores. That's he just so you about to say, what an innings crazy. he had, 500 years old. <laughs> I, think be, I, think, I think it was like 500 wickets. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah, this marriage of Sonics with oboe. Ned on this kind of spaghetti western style guitar, and then Luke on, on slide. Luke Luke is an incredible slide guitar player, yeah. as I'm sure a lot of you know, who've seen the gig and seen any videos. Oh, thank you. Um, but it's one of Luke's real weapons. And um, and it was really exciting and quite simple, really, putting it together, wasn't it? Yeah, and you it's had this of... idea to harmonise the slide guitar with the oboe, which is quite a unique combination that I yeah. don't think I've ever heard anywhere else, really. Um, mm. and we sort of had to figure that how we were going to do this because it's floating in free time, as we just mentioned. And so mm. we're having to play these harmonies that go together very kind of tightly they have to lock in but there's no rhythmic reference for us to kind of play off so we're just literally watching each other for a cue and just hearing what the other one's playing sure. and trying to find and a way to mind, in. most of the time on stage you know it's like absolutely pitch black oh my god man <laughs> and, yeah and actually we, you know we, we ask for the lights to go down at that point because it helps add to the mood yeah yeah you know? that's the whole point of it to, to but really it's a double-edged it sword of course that means that a luke can't see his guitar um when 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 you're playing <laughs> you know slide it's very very yeah i mean specific. you can play if you're playing fingerstyle you can kind of play with your eyes shut because you can feel where the frets are but playing with a slide you have to be able to see the fret markers to get the slide exactly over <laughs> that line. and if you can't yeah. even see the neck of the guitar because it's so dark i mean you haven't got a chance i remember one of the worst <laughs> one of the worst moments of my musical career i think <laughs> was the end of last year the first night we did in brooklyn and uh, you know ned asked for the engineer to bring the lights down and it got very dark and atmospheric and it came to that intro part and i just could not see my guitar and i was like <laughs> Fuck! Like, I'm just gonna have oh to take a God. guess at where I am. And it's the jazz jazziest <laughs> version of Night Flight Reprise yeah, exactly. we've ever done. Yeah, I mean, I don't oh, even know if jazz. I mean, I remember thinking, I think this is the fret, but I, I may be a semitone up or down. I just don't really know, but I'm gonna have to go for it. And I think I was a whole semitone out with the oboe. Oh God. Just I wish we had a recording of that to show now. I'm so glad that we don't. <laughs> I remember just dying inside oh and just been like, this is nothing I can do. I just don't know where I am on this guitar and this there's nothing I can do. Oh, oh, oh so my God. Funny. Oh, mate. It's like literally one of those things you just wake up sweating in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had nightmares about so. it. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's quite man. funny looking we've back all, at it we've now. We've all been in those places, man. Oh, you just want to curl up and die. Yeah, but we've kind of, we've kind of figured it out a bit now. The, the rest of the band were absolutely missing know, themselves. I know, I know. It's so funny. I thought this is a sick version of this. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is my kind of I was like, No one off, thought of this harmony yeah. before. Luke's exactly. going off piece with this one. I was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taking matters into his going own hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, love it. I want to talk a little bit about the recording of the, the track as well. Because mm. it was an interesting thing. I mean, we... We opted for a really DIY approach to mm. it, and and we went to record down in in Sussex. Um, what's the name of the church, Ned? It's called St Peter. So the church is a church next to where my mum lives. Um, 
It's uh, Lewis in, in yeah. East Sussex. Southeast, and right? it's called yeah, Southeast little St Peter's Church, and it's a very small. Uh, oh, I mean, it's like a thousand years old. I think the church is really tiny little thing. We just asked members of the parish council stuff just whether we could reuse the church, and they very kindly obliged us. And it was just wicked. It was really cool. Yeah, it's really. It was. It was a lovely, lovely day. I mean, recording wise, um, I wish that we had the budget to try some other ways. Because actually, to be honest, it didn't quite come out exactly how I envisaged it. Mm. I would love to try it again in total isolation where we're in a proper studio and there's no bleed on any of the instruments mm. because when we were mixing it we were really hard to get any clarity because all the sound was on top of each other there was no isolation. Yeah I guess that's one of the issues with recording in a church space like that isn't it? It's quite, mm. quite yeah. echoey and reverby. And but then I also well, I feel like we didn't, yeah. we didn't get the benefits of like I, I think in my head I thought it would be much more cavernous chamber reverb kind of sound in a church so you actually need a church that's five times as big as that right. yeah do you see what I mean uh, so actually what we ended up being in quite a big boomy room mm. rather than a church do you know what yeah. I mean the concept was really nice it's just the ex we didn't quite execute it yeah maybe. I mean it came out it certainly came out differently to how I was sort of imagining it in my head especially with those talk talk records as a reference it's like it's very pristine beautiful sound um, and it came out quite different which is also really cool but it's more kind of this swimming kind of ambience where everything is it's very it's very, very smothered it's very smothered yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so, no, I agree. so then you have the wetness of all all the plugins and stuff like that but you also have the wetness of the of the space between the overlapping space between all the instruments being recorded as well mm. and then also things like the church wasn't big enough for Haley's cymbals to be like mm. have have its space so the all the mics were picking up Dan's cymbals which was playing really lightly but it meant we had to like do everything possible to reduce the volume of cymbals across all the mics mm. in the room mm. so but and when you start doing that you start squishing the sound down quite a yeah. lot so it doesn't have that open quality mm. you, you almost have to choose you almost have to go okay are we going to add plugins or are we going to record are we going to set the sound of the guitar of the of the oboe and stuff like that is are we going to set that those sounds first and record them in what we hear now is exactly what you're going to hear afterwards so then you mm. can have the reverb of the church and stuff like that. Mm. When you apply the plugins, so, and, and, and I think that would have been possible in a different space. I think we, um, with the space and what we had there, I think we did a we did as good a job as we could. Mm. But I think in hindsight, I think we all agree that we, you know, we probably would have would do things a little differently if we went to record it again. Um, yeah, man. In terms of whether that was a bigger church or it was just became very tricky to mix. I remember. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and uh, but but it's cool. I think it still serves a lovely purpose on the record, yeah. and um, the idea is still there. Yeah, I still think it's super cool the way it came out. It just came out quite differently to how it sounded yes. when we've been playing it live. Um, but it, I still think it's yeah. a wicked piece of music. Yeah, yes. I'm with you, I actually I'm with you. I suddenly thought I think it was actually when we played in Mexico on the beach earlier this mm. year. I remember it was just playing it, and it was a big open stage, and the crowd really sort of latched onto it and went quiet for us and the waves were crashing oh, in on the beach beautiful. and I just remember being like 
we should have recorded it here. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know, this I know. was We're missing the, the one. Like, do you know what? Yeah, and the, the, other like thing. the crickets in the background yeah. and stuff like that. I was like, this is the vibe. Next time, next time we record it, we'll do it on a beach in Mexico. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's the other <laughs> thing. Is like recording it live would have been quite good. Like out of you know, say somewhere like that, Mexico or wherever. Absolutely. But it's cool, and you know, I think in records to come, it'd be cool to sort of keep this like sonic like concoction going yeah with, big with this i think it's such a lovely blend of sounds i think it's kind of a really cool thing to explore yeah definitely and, i think and there's and more to come bear in that. mind for future writing yeah it was also yeah. the first time that we've actually recorded something that ended up on a studio record with the whole band there um yes mm, which is exactly. really nice well listen luke thanks very much i think that wraps it up really nicely man thank you so much for coming on yeah, and having mate. a chin wag oh, my pleasure <laughs> All we've got um, next week, we got uh, uh, This Is The Mood. So we'll see you then. Nice one. Sick. All right, guys. All right, Big love. See you soon. Lots of love, Luke. Bye-bye. Take bye. it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.